really provide a lot of value of just, hey, we're going to bring a great management to it. We're going to stabilize it. And we know that by turning this property around from its financial performance, that it's going to be worth significantly more on the back end. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single family home portfolio. I got three single family homes, and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Neil Collins. How you doing, Neil? Hey, Joe. I'm great. Thanks so much. Well, I'm glad to hear it and you're welcome and looking forward to our conversation a little bit about Neil. He runs a Portland-based real estate firm that specializes in investment properties. They also do management and property management. He founded it in 2014. His first exposure to property management was way back in 2006 where he worked as a leasing agent for a 300-unit student housing complex. And he started real estate to pay for his PhD, and now he's got this full-service firm based in Portland, Oregon. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, Joe, thanks for the introduction. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I've been listening to you guys since we really started real estate. And it was one of those things that we never intended to go into this industry. I was doing marine conservation work and studying whale sharks in the Maldives, and in 2013. And then in 2014, it was looking for a path to gain more education, advance in my field. And that was a PhD in California. But on the way there, we stopped off in Oregon, had a little bit of time to kill, wanted to really jump into a project in real estate. I had been listening to podcasts, really intrigued with the idea of either flipping or passive income through rentals. And we beat the pavement ended up finding a really motivated seller, wanted to sell on contract through seller financing, which was a mind-blowing concept at that time. 
ended up not having to do anything to the property, sold it to a builder not that long after, and then ended up having to do some really interesting financing moves where we couldn't cash out our original seller. So we had to go find more property to collateralize a trust deed against, which ended up going down this big snowball of how do you find investment properties, getting to learn off-market, multifamily world, getting to establish relationships with brokers to go find more multifamily deals. So it got to a point where I was like, you know, we're making some pretty good money in real estate. We're doing a lot of really good work of buying these buildings, really working with landlords that they had either had deferred maintenance or they're just really fed up with dealing with their tenants. So we were raising money, putting money into these projects and got to a point where we had a couple dozen tenants and we really wanted the care and attention towards the property management that we had given to the renovations. So we started to manage the properties ourselves, which organically turned into us creating a management company. We had to take on other employees to do leasing and then property management. And once your overhead goes up, as you know, you've got to figure out more ways to increase revenue. Yep. So we had been turning away other colleagues request for us to manage their properties in the same areas because they wanted somebody hands-on that they knew, they trusted, they liked the way that we were doing it. And we had been saying no this whole time. And then we finally said, you know what, maybe management is a really interesting route that would help us invest more Mm -hmm. and keep us on that knife's edge of learning what's going on in the industry, best practices. And really what we thought at the time, which certainly holds true, but it takes a lot to get it going is it does tee up investing opportunities. Once you are able to establish a brand, you're able to establish relationships with owners and really just finding ways that you can increase your value to them because they will be in a position one day that they do want to sell. You do know that property in and out better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't end up buying their properties, which nine times out of 10, it doesn't work that way. We find that we can really help them buy more property, sell their property, 1031 exchange into more property. And so it was really about a year ago that we fell into the position of, if we look at our revenue, we're doing more revenue from realty than we are from property management. Mm -hmm. And that's just from our management clients that are looking to do more activities and figure out where they want to go. And then once we realized we had several hundred tenants that we really believe in the power of real estate and buying their own home. We started marketing to them and helping them buy their first homes ever. So we created a full service realty company in January of this year, and we're off to the races. We've got a couple dozen agents now. High level, what are the services your company offers? So for outside clients, we do property management and brokerage. And now we're starting to do more investment tailored services of kind of bundling together a couple different investors that have some cash and they want to go in as a group to buy buildings. What's your role in that bundling of services? I get to play sponsor in, in that role, or I get to play deal maker, just helping to be the broker to go find deals. Have you done one of those? Yes. Let's talk about that. Can you give us an example of it with numbers and just the story about the deal? Yeah, I think instead of going into kind of the analysis of it, the biggest thing that I've really had to wrap my head around is one, there's a lot of people that come to us that don't have huge down payment just ready to go. 
and they don't want to be that concentrated. They are looking to diversify their funds a little bit more. And so it's been a real learning opportunity and a challenge for me to say, okay, how do I guide people and realize that I'm not the only cook in the kitchen anymore? And how do we go out and how do we find the right kind of deals where for us, they're going to be in our backyard, which is Portland, Oregon. So it is a pretty expensive market. And then how do we educate people? And hey, you know, we're not going for fully stabilized assets. We're really looking for something that it's got some opportunity from value add, either from poor management in the past or low rents or some kind of deferred maintenance and obsolescence on the property. And really working with these, uh, some are pretty green investors that maybe they have a rental house or two, but they're stepping up into the multifamily world. And so that's been the biggest thing for me is really trying to not have that mentality of you're hurting cats, but Mm -hmm. you're there to provide opportunity. And for us, it's not these big 300 unit deals. It's more like as small as a duplex up to 20 units. That's been my learning lesson. Noted. And you mentioned you're a loyal listener of this podcast. So you know how fun it is to hear specific examples. So noted on the concept, but let's talk about a specific example just to bring it to life. Can you you talk about one? Um, Yeah, I'll talk about a fourplex that we purchased kind of in the the center of Portland, great location. It was an off-market deal where the owners, they had inherited the property 19 years ago. They're farmers out in a little community outside of Portland and beautiful place. It was very charming, built in 1924, craftsman detail. But we looked at it and we said, it's in an A location The rents are quite below market. We've got a lot of stringent landlord-tenant laws here. So figuring out how do you actually bring this building up to market rate in a short amount of time, because we went under contract for $800,000 and we knew that we had to put about $50,000 to $100,000 worth of work into it. So not only did we have to raise the $250,000 down, but we also raised an additional $100,000 on top of that. Mm -hmm. And then we offered the tenants a way that they could either stay in the apartment building at an increased rate, or we could pay them a relocation fee. So we were able to get the building, do some work on it. Really, a lot of it is cosmetic and go in, do new countertops, backsplashes, and refinish the hardwood floors. So we were able to take rents from around $900 a month to $1,600 a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And right now the building's worth about 1.3 to 1.4. We'll take it. Nice work on that. How long did it take you to go from you closed on it to today it's worth 1.3? It probably took us all in six months to do that because we're looking at the value of how long do we have to season the property. From a bank perspective, it took us a year to to actually refinance that. So we're just finishing up with the process on that. But it's really one of those things where we can crank on that forced depreciation lever pretty hard in these really expensive markets and really provide a lot of value of just, hey, we're going to bring a great management to it. We're going to stabilize it. And we know that by turning this property around from its financial performance, that it's going to be worth significantly more on the back end. And you said it's a fourplex out of the residents in those units agreed to increase their current rent from 900 to 1600. 
We increased one, not that much. He stayed and then we actually helped him find a, another property. He was looking for a house to buy. So he had a little bit more flexibility on that side. He made good income and wanted to stay in the area. So it was really fun to actually work with him. And then the other residents in the building, you know, it is a big jump for them to go from yeah. 900 to 14, 15, 1600. And that's something that we are very cognizant of, and we don't want to go into any kind of a displacement attitude or be blasé about that. And so that's the benefit of saying, this is what we're going to be doing to this property. It is going to be a lot nicer. We are going to put a lot of money into it, but here's 20 other rentals in the neighborhood that we manage that we would love to see you become your home. Sorry, I missed that. So one stayed, but then they didn't pay all the way the 1600. Then you found him a house, but you said two, three, and four. What did they do? We give them the option if they want to move right. into another property within our portfolio. So what did they do? I do not know what they did. They moved out of the fourplex that we had to renovate. Okay. So they moved. Got it. So they didn't accept the increase. That's what I was asking. Okay. So one stayed, but not for the rate. And then the two, three, and four, they left as well. It's basically you offered either the high rate or cash for keys. So did you give any cash to any of them for leaving? We did. That's actually been institutionalized here in Portland through what's considered a landlord-tenant relocation fee. Mm -hmm. So it's not cheap. It's per bedroom in the unit. So if you have a one-bedroom unit, you've got to pay $3,900. Dang. Yeah, right. So if you're doing that on scale, it adds up really quick. So for us, we just have to really factor in, okay, if we're going to be buying a building and then having to put money into it, and we know that we're going to be turning the financial performance around, just capitalize that up front and plan for it. And if mm -hmm. they don't leave, then it's extra gravy because you're not having to spend that money. Right. And a lot of these, it's like, I completely understand the hassle that you have to go through as a resident and you're getting a notice to either pay almost double or, or find another place to move to. So we've had a big learning lesson on the West Coast of, okay, how do we work through these issues that are coming up politically? How many bedrooms per unit were there? Three of them were one bedroom apartments and then one was a two bedroom. Okay. Got it. So did you have to pay the 3900 for the gentleman who you helped find a new place? Too? We did not, no. Okay, got it. Cool. So that's around twelve to 15000 depending on how the math works on that. But for a property that is now worth, you said you paid 800 you put about 100 in, so all in around 900 and it's worth one point three. So you got about $400,000 in equity on it, right? That's right. And how did you find it? You said it was off-market? Yeah, we had sent out direct mail to long-term owners. We really like to go that route of seller financing. However, this one was not seller financed. It was conventional. And that's really what we like in that asset range of, okay, if it's two to four, it is a pretty big purchase price for us, but we can put 30-year fixed low interest rate financing on it. Mm -hmm. well, who'd you go with on the loan? We went with a local bank here called Umqua. What type of terms did you get? You said 30-year fixed. What about the rate? and? Anything? Yeah, the rate was 4.5%, 25% down, 30-year fixed. And how did you structure the general partnership with this deal along with the limited partners? What was that structure? Whenever we're structuring that, we will be kicking in some of our own funds and we will be getting a sponsor's fee on top of that. We didn't do an act 
acquisition fee and the other limited partners, they kicked in the rest of the equity. Okay, cool. And we are the ones that were actually running the personal guarantee off of it. Okay, got it. So you signed on the loan because it sounds like it's a recourse loan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, we like to get out of that. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, In that residential product, it's pretty common for us to... Sure. It was common for us to have to do that. Okay. So you signed on the loan, you found the deal, and your limited partners... They put up the three hundred thousand total for the project. Well, a little bit less than that because we came in with some cash. You came in with some cash. Got it. Okay. And how do you structure the GPLP split? We did an eighty twenty on that, but it'll range between eighty twenty to seventy thirty, depending on performance hurdles. Right, and the management piece, and we're bringing in our management company on it, so it's a little bit more attractive for us to play in that role and. So it really depends on the deal and who's bringing it to us and how much effort we're having to put in. So it's really deal by deal instead of this is the one way that we're going to run it. Why do a syndication versus joint venture on this deal? And the reason why I ask is with this size of property, getting it registered with the SEC and getting the PPM and everything situated can be a little costly Versus doing a joint venture where you don't have all that, but everyone has a say in what direction the property should go. Right. I think a lot of it really depends on how active you want other people to be in it. Yep. Uh, and really for us, this is a newer role for us to say, you know, where our financial resources only go so far, but we have a lot of expertise in this area now. And if people are coming to us saying, hey, we want to bet on you and your ability to go find these properties then how do we do that? And so for us, it's really getting to learn how to put together deals and what's the best structure and what's not. And every single decision that we make isn't perfect, but it's been a great learning opportunity for us to figure out, do we want a joint partnership or is it something where we're bringing in more people that we already have relationships with and we want to have this notch on our belts so that we can say, instead of a four unit, let's go take down a 40 unit. Mm-hmm. And you said it's been a good learning experience. What are a couple things that you've learned from the experience? In terms of working with others? Anything. Renovations, working with others, whatever direction you want to take that conversation. Oh, okay. Well, some of the biggest learning is how to navigate through a low-cap environment Mm -hmm. where if you're working with investors from around the country and you're doing work on a property in the West Coast or on the East Coast, it doesn't really matter. We've got some pretty low-cap rates. And you've really got to come in and show them, this is the examples that we've done in the past. If we're entering in on a low cap, we know that we're going to be increasing the value. And so just really being adamant about your buying investing criteria has been a big thing because it's not a market for us where we can just say, you know, I really like this building. It's fully stabilized and we see a lot of opportunity with it. Unfortunately, those days in deals are very numbered. What specifically, or maybe quantifiably, what do you look for in a deal whenever you're assessing it in terms of age or unit size or price point or median income within a certain radius of the property, that sort of stuff? I really look for a solid tenant location base where we know that there's going to be neighborhood amenities around. We know that we can bring in different types of programming that's going to increase the resident retention. Because if you look at the numbers, And this is what's great about having a management portfolio is we say, how can we increase 
the financial performance, is it through increasing rents or is it through resident retention mm-hmm. long-term after we've stabilized the property? And for us, we're not going to be tripping over dollars to pick up the pennies where we found if we can bring in amenities like bike storage and get rid of carpet and put in hardwood flooring and do marmoleum in the kitchen or bring in laundry or shared laundry with storage spaces. It's all these little things that we can do to help increase that rent to get to stabilization. And then instead of having a tenant turnover every 12 months, it's how do we actually get them to stay 24 months or 36 Mm -hmm. months. And that has been a huge boost in terms of not only our properties, but our property management clients' properties where we average about a 31-month tenancy and you're not having to pay releasing fees, you're not having to turn these units, but you're able to stay at market rent a lot closer. So that's been a big one for us. Congrats on that average 31-month tenancy. That's wonderful and it's impressive. One question I have on that is, have you looked at the average month tenancy for single family home renters versus buildings that are five plus units and compared that in your portfolio for what the averages are for those two groups? I don't look at it ingrained like that because I'm looking at more of the portfolio from a broader scale of what's our vacancy rate and how long our tenants staying in there. I would just anecdotally say that a single family house is going to have a longer Long, right. stay because it's just more of a hassle to move into a house and then have to move out 12 months later. But we've seen examples of where a resident will stay in a multifamily property for a long time. And and there's a gauge on that though, where I see the larger properties are turning over more often. And maybe that it's more of a hypothesis that if you can find that balance of how to create community that they really buy into and they feel like that they're part of something a little bit special, more so than the apartment community next door to them, then they're going to stay longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. So the follow-up question is, what are some specific things you've done or your team's done to increase resident retention? It's one, looking at your management practices of, are you communicating well with your residents and telling them what's going on and giving them opportunities to give input and then really finding those programs. Like how do we encourage people to ride their bikes into work or to use public transportation? So as simple as putting in covered bike storage, whether the bikes are going to be secured and they're not going to get wet in the wintertime is a big boost for people in Portland, Oregon, that we have a pretty big bike commuter population. And you'd be shocked at the amount of apartment buildings that don't offer these amenities. Or if you're going in and you're buying a building that's got a really large unfinished basement, how do you go in and actually build storage units? And you can even charge for a monthly rent on that. The biggest thing that's coming to mind right now is once we started to allow pets, we saw a huge increase in the amount of applications that we were getting on vacancies. It was staggering to say a lot of people have pets and they do pay for that privilege But it is something that I feel we open ourselves up to a broader range of people that are looking for homes. So we're able to increase the financial performance on the building that way because we're going to be charging pet rent. And they do like to stay longer as we are now, allowing for them to have their animals. and Hopefully there's a yard or something where they can run around. 
What's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice is really focus on self-discipline first. If you want to be doing apartment syndications, you've really got to make sure that you're firing all cylinders. Or if you want to get to achieve a goal, start with putting in those practices of how do I get myself better? How do I form daily disciplines that are going to lead me to that goal? We're going to do the lightning round. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard, and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started. Best ever book you've recently read? The best recent book that I've read is from Garrett Gunderson. It's called Five Day Weekend. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about? The first deal that we ever did, actually, we kind of briefly went into, we got 2% interest for 30-year financing. That was just incredible and mind-blowing at the same time that we didn't have to go to a bank to get financing mistake you've made on a transaction oh god there's too many to even count (laughs) (laughs) i think really looking at our experience as real estate agents there's so much paperwork and you've really got to make sure that you're on top of it and i can't tell you how that feeling in your stomach of like oh shit i just lost some paperwork or (laughs) i told him that it was going to be one way but it's actually the other way so i don't even want to bring out those skeletons from the closet but (laughs) Invariably, they do happen and you just try to minimize it and move on. Best ever way you'd like to give back? We really like to work with people that they self-select a nonprofit that they want to donate towards. And we'll actually match a realtor commission towards that. Or we'll just say, hey, if you really like whatever NGO, we will give a percentage of our commissions to that organization. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? You can go to our Realty website, which is chooselatitude.com, and you can find our company, Latitude Realty and Property Management. Or they can reach out to me directly via email, which is neil, N-E-A-L, at chooselatitude.com. Neil, thank you for, well, first you mentioned your best ever listener. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad you get a lot of value from the podcast. And thank you for being an interview guest, and I really enjoyed meeting you and learning about your background as well as the fourplex that you all bought for 800000 put in 100000 and you got into the specifics of how you structure it with your investors, the business plan, the financing. You know we love that stuff on this show. So thanks for talking about that and getting to the details as well as your business. And when you look at deals, look at not only how can you increase the rents through adding value, but you can add value through resident retention. So increasing the number of months residents live at the property, which 
I think most of the listeners think about already, but you got into the specifics of how you all do that and specific ways and how that's always incorporated into your business plan, which is really interesting and really necessary. So thank you for talking about that and hope you have a best ever day. Really enjoyed our conversation and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard and it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started.